0: Hello and welcome to Best Sips Worldwide. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, an American travel writer living in London. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred. And I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. I drink at a lot of bars and sometimes dream about opening my own, but then I wake up. Anne Fry is still living that dream. She talks to us this week about the origins of her bar, One Tipling Place and how it made it onto Food & Wine Magazine's list of best speakeasies and cocktail lounges in America.
1: I was working with a friend of my daughter's from Scotland, um, who works at Whiteline in London now, Robin Hanhold. And we were trying to think of a name. And the streets in Philadelphia are called like Waverly Place and Addison Place. The um, Lancy Place so we said let's call it Tipling Place just like an address like an address now yeah. what
0: were you Scotland you mentioned Scotland you mentioned White Lions yeah so, so
1: I was my daughter went to the University of St. Andrews so I spent a lot of time there and one summer I actually t- went lived in her flat for two months because there was nobody in school and nobody was using it and so I got friendly with a lot of the bar people in, the, in St. Andrews and there are a lot of bars in St. Andrews and uh, Robin Hanhold was a bartender at the golf hotel there, and so I got to know him a little bit. And then when I decided to start a bar, he was in Australia bartending and had to leave. So I had him come to Philadelphia, and he helped out. And then, um, it the government wouldn't let him stay. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, he's back at White Lion. Yes, we won't yeah. feel so sorry. No, no, he
1: uh, he did just fine. He went yeah. to Bramble and Edinburgh first. He's fine
0: uh, <laughs> now. Now being in Scotland and meeting lots of bartenders or going to bars and Actually, opening a bar, coming back to Philadelphia, and opening a bar—that's a big leap. Not everyone who goes to bars, yeah, in St. Andrews, <laughs> <laughs> you know, open a bar in Philadelphia. Um, so you were you were living in Philadelphia.
1: Living so in Philadelphia, what is, yeah. you know, talk me through. I how often you wonder how this happened. Uh, I um, I've lived in Center City, Philadelphia, for thirty-five years, and I came home one night, and said to my husband, there are "A lot of people on the street," and. Then somebody in the neighborhood suggested that, why don't, why, don't I, why don't you open a bar? And I said, oh, maybe I will. And then I started, and then I couldn't stop.
0: <laughs> so how did it you find place, this place. place?
1: Oh, it was vacant. It had been a horrible you know, um, piano bar, a bad piano bar. Um, and they had gone out of business. And it was vacant. And I lived right up the street, and I was just looking around and, Approached the person that owned the building, and then I had to gut gut the place. I sometimes wonder how I did this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously it was a passion. Yeah, I guess you know I had I'm sixty something or other, and um, I was had been selling real estate for a while, and that kind of dried up. I had been an actor for thirty years, and I really wasn't. That was. Not interested in doing that much more because it's just a lot of work. My daughter was graduating from university, so I didn't have motherhood to worry about. Well, mm-hmm. uh, and so I kind of wanted something different. Mm-hmm. And I always like to drink. <laughs> I don't drink as nearly as much as I used to. Um, and so we needed a bar in the neighborhood too. We didn't really have. We still don't really have a neighborhood bar. It's we have a lot of neighbors who come in, um, but they're always here early. The shift changes at eight thirty, yeah. and then Wharton School at Penn has been an incredible,
0: fantastic. Because I read somewhere that you said you wanted to open a bar for people like you. I did, where it was quiet yeah. and um, you could hear yourself talk. Yeah, and,
1: you and get it the is sophistication that
0: sophistication <laughs> of the drinks right. that you wanted. Um, being a Philadelphian myself, I do know that the city has changed a lot yeah. um, for the past 10 years. And what I was going to ask is in the four years that you opened, if that still is <clears throat> your MO or has it changed? Now, you brought up Wharton, so I was just wondering. I think wondering that they them-
1: think it's a sophisticated place. I think that the the grad students in town think when they come here, they're coming to that place that I described as the kind of place I would like although it isn't the kind of place that I really like when it gets filled up with university students. But I'm happy to have them. Um, and so they behave nicely. They think they're going to a nice place to drink.
0: Do you think it's that the university students have changed and are now more sophisticated drinkers? Well,
1: the Wharton students are older. A lot of them uh, work for a few years after school and come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, those kids, that they, a lot of them are from New York i worked in New York for a couple of years. I know that my nephew did that. He went to New York and he came back and went to Wharton. So that group is right. We get very few college students, you know, mm-hmm. undergrads, um, which is probably a good thing because, you know, the law. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, because
0: I think that, uh, you know, since I live in London now, and it's all about cocktails all the time, right. um, and that it's, you know, I, I feel that New York is one step behind that. And then maybe Philadelphia is just a teeny stop behind that. I
1: mean, it. it, London is definitely the mothership. I think. Uh, I probably because of Robin's influence, I've never really paid much attention to what went on in New York because um, we're everybody we're we're their poor stepsister anyway. So there's no reason to compete. And for me, I haven't really tried to compete with anyone because. you're never gonna. You can't be what somebody else is, no matter how well you try. You can't. So we kind of have a little bit different take. We're very whiskey heavy for a cocktail bar, um, and I guess if we try to be all things to all people. You know, uh, but but we try to get more of the London model than the New York model. I mean, because that's I'm more interested. I'm more interested in the London model. Yeah.
0: And so when you brought over Robin, oh, uh, how did you create the menu? Or
1: Actually, Robin had gone by the time the menu was... Um- oh. So then <laughs> yes. what, what... Okay, so then I hired um, a man named Dave Tang who were, had been trained with Sasha Petresky, who started Milk and Honey. He was really the cocktail guru everywhere. Um, he died last summer. And um, Dave... Sasha had trained the people at Ranstead Room, which is a bar around the corner. Dave worked there, and Sasha came in regularly and trained everybody. So Dave, I hired Dave as the manager, and Dave trained everybody with that method. You know, we have large ice cubes, um, very measured. They're a little... Ranstead has carved ice. We don't do the hand carving. We have cold draft cubes. Um, And everything's measured, and everything's fresh. We've squeezed ginger and... uh, limes and lemons and grapefruits every day, you know. Um, so that's, that's the model. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a London model. I, yeah,
0: I think it's really now everyone who I interviewed, definitely, um, they really t- make a special effort to make sure that every single ingredient in the drink is
1: worthy of being in that drink. It makes a difference. It really... We make our, a lot of our own bitters. Um, you know, we have to make sour cherry bitters in July, and we do it seasonally. Um, and a lot of our... Uh, we don't use that many syrups um, or tinctures, but whatever we use, we make. Like we do the Clover a clover Club, which has raspberry syrup, and I make the raspberry syrup.
0: And I think that sophisticated drinker who is coming from Warden here... Kind of demands that now you and can taste you, the, you can exist. taste the
1: difference. You really can. Uh-huh. There's a bar in town that shall remain nameless. It's uh, a very expensive bar in a hotel, and uh, they use box juice for. You know, they say you're getting fresh uzu in your drink, and you're not. If you question them closely, enough, they'll tell you that you're not. They show you the box. Yeah, and right? it, you know it doesn't taste the same. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't. They don't even have fresh strawberries and things. I mean, whenever we have a fruit in the drink, it is a fresh fruit, either muddled or it's juiced mm. so mm. It, it it makes a huge difference <laughs> and the good liquor makes a big difference too so
0: now I know that you have a relationship with with India yes and Mumbai yes and maybe you could talk to us about so, that so
1: um two years ago I went to a wedding in India and I was I hated India frankly um but I was kind of amazed and fascinated And then last summer, I was talking to a friend of mine who's an artist, and he's very well-read on things. I was thinking, should it's time to open another bar. And he said, why don't you go to Mumbai? So, I'm going to tell you the whole story, even though you're probably going to have to cut most of this out. So, I know I want to hear the whole story. I went to Iceland. Uh, (laughs) I went to Iceland last August.
0: All right, I can't wait to hear where this goes, considering Iceland is not anywhere near Mumbai. Oh, yeah. Well, Uh it
1: was that day. (laughs) And there was an actor there named Shahrukh Khan. Of course. One of the best actors in the world. Mm. So I met him. Kind of met him. I met him. And that kind of spurned this weird Bombay trip for me. So my birthday was the following week. So my daughter and, and the bar staff gave me a birthday party, and everybody came in Indian clothing because there was a big to-do having met this actor. They gave me a life-size cutout him, which is back there for selfies. <laughs> 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 and, and I left the bar that night with Miss Martha Graham Cracker, who is a drag queen performer who's really good, and we went to a bar down the street, and some man saw me in my sari and came up to me and said, I heard you own one tippling place. It's my favorite bar. I'm from New York, but I come down and I go to this bar. Why are you wearing a sari? I said, well, I want to open a bar in India. And so he said, well, I can help you with that. I said, really? <laughs> and yeah, I gave him my card. And three days later, a man called from New York who owns Bulldog Gin Company, who happens to be Indian. And he said, yeah, I really like the idea. You need partner, which I do. I'm going to set you up. Um, I'm introduce you to a uh, via email, to my friend Ramola Bachchan. I don't know if you know Amitabh Bachchan. He's actually, he's more famous than Shukam in India. And she'll help you because she's been in the business. She introduced me to this man, Adi Singh, who owns the Olive Barn Kitchen in Mumbai and 30 other restaurants. And so um, he said, sure, come talk to me. So I went to Mumbai last January by myself and met him and he said... Well, right now I have places in Delhi and I didn't want to be in Delhi. Delhi is really a much different yes. kind of place. Um, he said, well, what do you, what would you like to, what do you want? <laughs> I said, oh, okay, well, how about I do a pop-up at Olive Foreign Kitchen? And he said, fine. So I did that in March and he was obviously happy with it and um, wanted me to come back. I think he wanted me to go to Hyderabad, but I'm still focusing on opening my own place in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. And I'm still looking for him to be a partner, frankly. And I've made that clear. Um, so we're going back now for another six weeks, doing, taking over the bar. We're, it's a little more thorough this time. We're going to bring some of the paintings mm-hmm. and um, do a little more di- work on the decor. And, and so you'll be going back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And I did it. Like <laughs> I know. You are you going know, back, I'm, and I'm forth, I'm, back and I'm forth and back I've gotten used to it somehow. I don't know how. I, I hate flying. Uh-huh. I hate uh, I went Emirates first class. that's That's what sold me. (laughs) Those airline miles are wonderful. Yeah. um, So it just wasn't that unpleasant. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I'm doing British Air. It leaves from Philadelphia. And it's a nice three-hour layover. Time to go out and have a cigarette. Now, the menu that you will use there, will that be India influenced or will be that Mm -hmm. definitely Philadelphia? What we did was when we came back from India, we have some drinks on the menu. Now they're Indian-influenced. So we're that's a Mediterranean restaurant so I thought this time we're going to do some aperitifs and digestifs which is brand new there I think it's they don't have that on any, you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of the cocktail culture which is I mean bars are since we left in April I think three new bars have opened just in in Bandra uh-huh. in the hill, cocktail bars and it's um focusing it seems to focus most on using Indian uh natural resources which is great but it's not Mm -hmm. it's not everything so um like they don't have lemons there we have to get italian lemons what they call lemons are different Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's i mean it certainly has been fun uh, and the people are really nice we've met a lot of nice people and um i'm learning something at my age and so even if it doesn't pan out at the end of the day i've certainly had a good time no (laughs) it sounds
0: it sounds wonderful yeah
1: and i bring a bartender with me Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. how long will your pop-up be um, this one is the entire month of November. November. Yeah. Okay.
0: Do you hear that everyone? November. November
1: in Mumbai in Hill, at Tally Hill. At Olive. At <laughs> Olive. Yeah. So yep. it's, a, it's a interesting. A man came in, a writer came in. It turns out his mother-in-law lives next door to me in Philadelphia. <laughs> and she's a realtor. Small world. So this time it's a lot more thorough. The menu is going to be more thorough we served their menu and our menu last time. We're not going to do that this time. We're just serving our menu um, and trying to get some decorative things of ours in there. Because that's, I think that the whimsy here is kind of part of why people.
0: Absolutely. Like this it. is your
1: brand yeah. here.
0: Yeah. And that's what they want to see yeah. there. yeah.
1: I mean, because I think if they so.
0: want an Indian bar. They can go to an Indian that's bar. That's right. Store. They <laughs> want, there's a lot they of want one tip place. Yeah. Well, we hope. Let's go make a drink. All right. I know I can't wait to get to Mumbai to toast the new one-tippling place. Thanks so much to Anne for sitting down with us this week. The Greeks have been drinking Mystica since Hippocrates was the Surgeon General. Why is it only now that we non-Greeks are enjoying its benefits? Next time on Best Sips, George Economides not only an Oxford grad in advanced quantum mechanics and a full blue in dance sport, but also co-founder and general manager of Mystica World, introduces us to the spirit that has been around since the 5th century BC. Until next time, bottoms up. For more information and links to everything you've heard about, plus a bit more, please visit bestbitsworldwide.com. Thanks for listening to Best Sips Worldwide, a spin off of Best Bits Worldwide. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde all things in moderation, including moderation, and never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Steven Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar.